We open the show talking football and the A-League. The Wellington Phoenix have made a very positive start to both the Isuzu Ute Men's A-League competition and the Liberty A-League. Both the sides are currently sitting in third position. Uh, the men trail, um, well, no one on points. They are in third on goal difference, while the Wellington Phoenix women are four points off uh, the Flying Perth Glory and Melbourne City. Uh, to discuss this, how the season is going, planning for the future. Now there is a new team on the scene here in New Zealand with confirmation yesterday that uh, Auckland now has a men's franchise coming in 10 months' time and 12 months later, a women's side. We're delighted to welcome a general manager of the Wellington Phoenix. He is Mr David Dome. Domi, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks, Daniel. Is the season going better than expected? Because I think it's fair to say it's been well reported. You, you sort of trimmed trimmed some budgets this year. Um, you, you went down a different path, promoting from within. Um, ha- has it gone better than expected? Look, yeah. So, I mean, the strategy morphed a little bit. We've always been big on youth development. It's always been one of our key strategies. But as we've worked through, uh, as the academy has developed, you know what I mean, what we've looked at it, we've gone... Well, do you know what? We, why sign you know junior and Australian players when we've got excellent players that are sitting in the academy? So we've just morphed a bit, really, and gone, this actually makes more sense. And if you tie in the way the World Cups are panning out now and the way that New Zealand teams are, uh, should be more, you know, which should be, there should be expectations that New Zealand is going to go to more World Cups, both men and women going forward, then it just makes sense that we should be aligned to um, bringing through New Zealand players and rather than signing junior and Australians or you know, even foreign players, for, for that matter. If we've got a good player in our academy, why not sign them? Um, coming back to your other point, though, about whether we've been surprised, look, we, we've always known that um, we've got good talent in the club. Um, we traditionally are slow starters. As, um, you know, this is for, on the men's side I'm talking about now. Traditionally, we've been slow starters. We've normally tried to mitigate that by going to pre-seasons in Australia and having some games there. Um, against A-League opposition, which we did again this year. But we did put a little bit more emphasis on the preseason this year and, and trying to get for the men, get Chiefy a bit bigger, bigger uh, build-up. But they've done well. I mean, Chiefy's done a great job. Uh, the players have responded. We did a lot of work in the off-season around culture and values, and I think that's starting to flow through. Uh, you know, the venue, our training facility out in CIS, maybe that's starting to kick in as well in terms of being out of a slightly better repair than we've been in the past. But so, yeah, really pleased, both teams. Really pleased. On the women's side, obviously, we were, some of the shackles have been removed um, with the ability to sign foreign players. Um, Temps has come in and, and has rejigged how that team's playing and expectations were different around the women's team. We certainly expected they would do well, but yeah, you know, as a whole, very pleased with how both teams are going. Right, um... So, so what do you think um, your new head coach has added to, to the base that Ufuk Tale left? And, of course, he knew uh, the assistants very well, having been the assistant. So, yeah. so, you know, what drops of newness has he brought in? It's, with Chiefy, it, it was seamless. That, that was one of the things that sort of tipped it in his favour. It was a seamless transition because Ufi, uh, he was as you, as you say, he was his assistant. All the players knew Chiefy. They respected him. They knew what, they were, you know, what he was going to bring to the table. He's a slightly different character to Ufi. He's very, um, I mean, it's not as if Ufi wasn't, but um, uh, Chief is very data-driven, very um, anal- analysis-driven. That was his background, obviously. He's an assistant coach. You do a lot of the analysis work. Um, he's also slightly, he's very, uh, he's not slightly more relaxed off the pitch than Ufi was. So I wonder if that sort of, I wonder if that sort of spilled over into the players and they've maybe come into, you know, the training facility with a slightly more relaxed attitude than under Ufi. I don't yeah. know. You couldn't, you'd have to ask the players that. But, you know, he's, yeah. um, 
he's you know he's, he's a great personality and uh, he's, he's a cheerful personality around uh, uh, um, at, the, at the facility um, and, and maybe they're sort of running up rubbing off on the players as well. All right, um, German Australians completely agree with that. If I'm not mistaken, you've got only four or five import spots filled. Um, is is that correct? Because Oscar Zavada, yeah. uh, Karai, for certainly not German Australians. Um, you know, one of them is the best striker in the league. Don't ask me to ask him. Um, you, yeah. You're going well. Say January one rolls around. Have you got resources to bring in another pro, to, to uh, an overseas pro, to make a big push? We're always we've kept that spot up our sleeve to see how we are going in Jan. We're all, when you, you never you know close it off, right? Yeah. You, you've got to be flexible because you just don't know what's going to happen with you know touchwood injuries and sickness and illness and all sorts of things can happen to players. And so you've got to be able to move quickly if if required. Uh, there is a there, like you say there is a January window coming up and we do have an input uh, spot up our sleeve. And if if we feel like uh, an, an investment is required that will kickstart or you know spur us on towards the finals, then we'll have a look at it. And you know we've always got a list of players that we're keeping our tabs on in, in terms of if you know we had the opportunity to bring them in, would it work? So that that's certainly an option to us. Right. Uh, I, I think Academy grabs this season. I'm just off the top of my head. Lucas Kelly Hell uh, is one. Yeah. Isaac Hughes, Finn Conchie. You add that into establish all whites. Um, Tim Payne, Finn Sermon, who's just uh, had his first. Uh, tilt at the international level, uh, Oscar Van Haddam, um, Alex Rufa, they're all New Zealanders. They're all signed on long-term deals. How important is that, considering the news yesterday, that there is a newcomer on the scene? And Ben Old, who we just signed to another three-year deal as well. You know, he's, he's a bright young talent. He's, if you look at those, like, some of those players you, you just you know, uh, rolled off just there, you know, they're a quality players. Like Finn Sermon um, has been in our, pro, in our academy program for some time and been in the pro program for some time, and he's, given, he's been given his chance this year. So we, one of the, it, that last import spot we had up our sleeve, we were looking at a centre-back, and we said, well, no, let, let's, let's give it to Finn. Let's see how he goes. And he's, it's seamless, right? He's, he's rolled into that first team, and, it, and he's, he's shown that he's A-league quality. No, no problems at all. Uh, and, you know, a, AP and goal, you know, 20, 21 years old, hasn't missed a beat. Uh, Lucas Kelly Hill, first season at left back in the, in the uh, A League, looks right at home. Ben Old's been with us a few, few couple of seasons now, um, and he's a quality player. Just coming back from an injury, long term injury, so um, probably at, and sometimes in the season he'll end up being a starting player. But you know, real quality, and those are the players who really are the future of football in, the, in this country. And like you say, we we, we all, I mean, we've known Auckland's been coming in for. 12 yes. months, 18 months, something like that. We know that's going to happen, and we're going, well, we're going to have to really focus on the youth. If we want to be competitive in this league um, and be responsible, then we're going to have to focus on youth. And so we knew it's coming, and some of these players would sign to long-term contracts even before Auckland was announced during the week. Uh, but Aldi, did, we've been working on Aldi for a while, and the timing was perfect. <laughs> Auckland announced there, uh, or Bill Foley gets up and says, this is Auckland, whatever it's going to be, and we announced that you know, we've got Aldi on another three-year deal. So... Look, it's it's always been important to us that some of the brightest young talent we need to sign to long-term contracts because, for one, it helps us develop that player and, two, obviously helps with potential player transfer re- revenue at some stage in the future. Is that where the real dogfight is going to be? You're competing with the world for foreign players, right? I don't, I don't see much change in there for your foreign spot. But is the real dogfight, no. is, the, is, is the real battle for territory over New Zealand talent? Yes, Yes, there's no doubt that um, with a new team in the league, there is going to be an inflationary pressure on player salaries because we're probably going to be chasing some of the best players, which is why our academy becomes so important that we identify those players we really like and, and get them into Wellington and get them into the academy. 
um, and develop them under our structures. We, this is the advantage that we do have is our academy now is well established, you know, in its current form, you know, five, six years old, and it takes a long time to get, put those structures in place. It doesn't happen overnight. You, you have to get, there's so many pieces of the jigsaw puzzle to build a very, very successful academy, and we've got that up and running now. And that is the advantage that we do have over Auckland for, I would say, a good couple of years until, I mean, we don't even know where their base is yet. They haven't even got a, a, an office, as far as we know, <laughs> let alone a, an academy or a training facility. So there's a, little, a lot of work for those guys to do up there. So while we have that advantage, we'll make the most of it, and we'll bring the best players and you know players who are 15 16 17 years old now they don't have the time to wait they can't wait for Auckland whoever it's going to be to be up and running um and have their academy up and, uh, up and running so we, we do have that little this window where we'll identify those players and bring them down and we'll turn them into pros in due course yeah you're right it, it is a massive job to get that up and running but your advantage is not timeless is it that they'll eventually no. get there so, so, no, but we do. But, I but guess we you, also do. Yeah. We, we also do back ourselves in that you know the quality of the coaches that we've got in our program, uh, some of the IP that we're building up over that time. You know, we've got a ten-year advantage, I think, in terms of uh, them being able to catch up. And like I say, some of the technology we've got in our academy now, it's difficult for them to replicate. Do you know who their coach is going to be, and are they currently with the Wellington Phoenix? Don't know, don't know. Um, certainly, when that story first came out, we had the conversation with Greeny, and he said that he hadn't been approached. But you know, things changed in the last couple of weeks, and um, you know, we've we've had that conversation with Greeny um, about where we see him going, what his next step is. He, he, as you know, he's the coach of our reserves team, and they've been doing very well. And a lot of the success that we've had in bringing through youth players has been because of the coaching that he's done in that team. So he's a good coach. We know that, and we also understand that if Auckland was looking for a coach. Why wouldn't you look at him? Because he's he's played in that competition and he's now and he's coached in that, you know, either um, with Dez and, and a key taker role from time to time. Um, but we've also had that conversation with him in terms of this is what we see uh, Greeny's next steps are with us uh, at the Wellington Phoenix as well. I, I never know what to think of these rumours. Uh, no. <laughs> Tommy, you, you, you deal with it, the, the rumours. I've even heard Paul Temple's name uh, mentioned. Would you stand in the way of anyone taking... Uh, it means A-League coaching job because there's so few and far between. Yeah, and, and you can't really. It's the same as players. Like we've, we don't stand in the way of players who come through us and go off to bigger clubs overseas, you know, go yeah. into Europe or go in the United States. We don't stand that way because that's, that's the next stage of their, their career and that's the right thing to do. Um, and it's the same with coaches as well. Like, like I say, we're very keen to keep hold of Chris. We think he's a quality individual and a quality coach. Um, but like you say, ultimately, these A-League coaching gigs, there's not many clubs in the A-League. And everyone's looking for the next big thing. I mean, you've seen how what Dez has done. Dez went, gone, went to us, went to City Football Group, um, and now he's back in the UK with Oxford United. I mean, there is a progression for coaches, and, and it's only fair. We, and same with staff members. You know, staff members will come and go, and they'll go on to the next thing as well. So certainly wouldn't begrudge him, but like I say, we've had the conversation with him saying, we want you to stay, and this is how we see uh, the next step is. Is your job... Um, and the broader commercial team now under a little bit more pressure. One thing you can't change, they're in Auckland, you're not. Auckland is the biggest market. Um, is that an advantage that you need to, to overcome? There are definite pros and cons with a new team coming in based out of Auckland. That's definitely one of the cons, is that it is commercially going to make it more difficult, or make it slightly more difficult for us. Like I say, though, we're, we're very confident that our proposition is strong, 
Um, we have, you know, there are lots of parts of the clubs that is, cannot be replicated, one being our training base, another one being our, our community program, which is like second to none in terms of the outreach that we get into, into our communities and, and what we do in those, those spaces. Um, and there is also, of course, the history as well. So we have a lot going for us that Auckland can't replicate yep. uh, in the short term. So we, we back ourselves in that space. Um, but yeah, you know, look, we're, we're going to this thing with our eyes wide open. It, it is going to be challenging commercially. And we, but like I say, we back ourselves that we're, we're still a very viable value. We've got a lot going for us as a club that commercials want to be part of. Well, I appreciate your time and your honesty, uh, Domi. Uh, I, I really do. Th- this weekend's pretty exciting. Um, oddly enough, um, your first game after this announcement, you're playing on soon-to-be enemy ter- territory. <laughs> Incredible how these things play out, right? So, yeah. I mean, to be honest, we knew we we weren't given too much of a heads up that um, Auckland, whatever the name's going to be, is going to be starting in... Um, you're going to make an announcement on Tuesday. Uh, so we were wouldn't give him too much of a heads up, but, you know... The, you know, the synchronicity of it is quite incredible that we are playing at yeah. Mount Smart, Go Media Mount Smart Stadium, uh, the following weekend. But it is, a, you know, we're really excited about this game. We got the, this is the first time ever that we've had a double header, the men's and the women's team playing at um, in Auckland together. Fantastic. Both teams, like you say, both teams very, you know, flying high, playing really, really good football. Um, you know, I, I bet you know it's going to be the ticket sales are good. They're really encouraging. You know, it's going to be a decent crowd. Um, the stadium's been great to work with. We're really excited about it. McDonald's have done a great job in sponsorship. There's heaps of activities for kids that McDonald's are putting on and, and some of our partners in Spark and I are putting on out the back. It's going to be cool. Um, I hope Auckland turns out. Like I say, the ticket sales have been strong, so it looks pretty good. I um, hope the weather comes to the party. But, yeah, no, no, we're really looking forward to it and uh, it should be a great, uh, a great afternoon out, a great afternoon of, of historic football in this country. I think you're even uh, running a best set in the house comp when two lucky sods yeah. sit in a lazy boy and get hand-fed, you know, caviar and champagne, I'm assuming. Probably from you, I yeah. hope, Domi. Uh, are you going to be dressed oh, up as, po- you know, Manuel from Faulty Towers? Are you, you going to look after them? <laughs> Maybe I'll go down. Maybe I'll put on the Christmas suit, the father Christmas suit. Uh, yeah, no, that's, ah. that's a great initiative. Fucking off, I'm putting that one on. But that, that's, that's going to be cool. That's going to be really cool. And, uh, yeah, we've done something similar to that in Wellington. We haven't done it for a while, though, so... Yeah, really excited about how that's going to look. Hey, a couple more before I let you go. I, I asked this of Auckland-based Phoenix fans who have been inv- invested in this club for a long, long time. You know, ha- what do they do? I, I want mm. here you go, un- unadulterated, uninterrupted pitch to Auckland-based Phoenix fans about keeping them in black and yellow front. You know, go on. What would you say to them? Well, you, you can't beat history, right? And if sports tells us anything, it's history around your, your team and your club. That's what actually you fall in love with. And you fall in love with the, what the club stands for, what its values are, how it perform, you know, what it does uh, besides just being a football club on the field. And we're pretty, we're pretty passionate about what we do as a club, about what we do in the community, what we do, you know, with um, young people. Uh, you know, we're, it's, it's, a, it's a club that has a lot uh, a lot of history now and has a lot going for it. And, and here's the thing for us, Daniel. I mean, Auckland can be Auckland City or Auckland FC or whatever it's going to be, but Wellington Phoenix will continue to be New Zealand's football club. And that's how we see ourselves going forward. We'll represent the country and Auckland can represent Auckland. Um, another topic, and, and we don't... Man, we... I was stunned when I read the revelations, and I'll say revelations, from Paul Eiffel, one of your former players, about his issues mm. with gambling during his playing mm. days. Uh, I think you're on record as saying you were unaware of it at the time. 
I know him well. Mm-hmm. I was completely unaware of it at the time. I literally stunned. Um, mm. I, you know, you, you could talk about your feelings on Paul or what maybe processes you have in place currently so someone else doesn't fall into that painful trap, which I'm knowing Paul, as we both do, he's probably already thinking of that too. Yeah, like he's a quality individual. I mean, we've we've known him for years, and and you know he he still has roles in and around the club from time to time. He's off doing his own thing with with uh, Christchurch United, and you know what? If you know about addiction, you know that people get people who suffer addicted, you know, have addictive personalities, addictive problems. They get very, very, very good at concealing them. Um, and there were there were you know there will be a lot of people close to Paul that know I know subsequent you know it's obviously his family were across it um, yeah. and those are the ones you you know you really feel for in these situations but you know I think they've dealt with it now um, this was you know when Paul was with us in the early 2010s you know he left around about 2014 I think the the technology around monitoring this behaviour in the in the A leagues has advanced significantly so there now actually is ways of tracking players and if they are betting on um, uh, games football games so as a general blanket rule there is no employee anywhere in the a leagues who is allowed to bet on football anywhere so as management i'm not allowed to place a bet on any football game anywhere in the world at any time and that goes all the way down to anyone who's employed by this club and any club and APL general uh, and across the whole league. That's the rule, um, and everyone's very, very, everyone's made that made very, very clear to them when they join the club. Um, and like I say, since there are programs in place with the PFA, so the players union, and through the leagues, where there are modules yeah. is, um, that, that players are taught that you know it's they can't not allowed about bet in football and how to deal with these uh, addictive personality types and all this sort of stuff so there is education that we do roll out but this is a good you know sensitive you know it sensitizes to that issue and we'll reach out again to the pfa to make sure that these programs are still in place i know they are because i've seen them um but it is a good uh, you know refresher on in this in this space but like i say the technology has advanced significantly from those days and i do know that the the league has um monitoring systems in place where they can actually and I, you know it, it's quite incredible how they do it but I do know that they can actually track if um, abnormal behavior in players and if there's um, betting going on so I'm sort of I'm, I'm, I'm confident in that space that everything that we can do is being done but you know you also have to be sensitive that when you have people like I who have these issues that they get very good at concealing them uh, Domi, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. A whole heap of topics there. Um, one thing, I think we're both in agreement. Uh, the rivalry, even though it's 24 hours old, I, I think is good for New Zealand football. Uh, we should all benefit, uh, and we can't wait to see where it goes. Thanks for your time. No problem. Thanks, Dan. Uh, General Manager of the Wellington Phoenix, David Dome. Lots to um, ponder, having listened to that. You can react on 0800 150 Good morning, Louis. Who and what? Hey, yeah, gee whiz, there was some there was some gold out of there. Um, you know, Auckland, this club, Auckland, whatever they're called, will represent Auckland, but the Phoenix will continue to represent New Zealand and represents New Zealand, like fighting words. Um, and and just on the Paul Eiffel thing, the gambling stuff aside, I don't know if you saw this from earlier in the week. Christchurch United posted up on their uh, website that they are. They've appointed a new first-team coach and general manager of football, Ryan Edwards. So Paul is leaving his his role there at Christchurch United, and um, 
I don't know if that was coincidental timing with this new club arriving in New Zealand. I I, I think they're separate. Okay. Um, I, I think they're owner-related. That's, that's, I'll leave it at that. That's probably all I can say, delicately. Copy. Copy. Some people are very litigious. <clears throat> I can't afford a lawyer. Uh, yeah, uh, lots <laughs> lots to get in there. Uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't um, stand in the way of Chris Greenacre or Paul Temple leaving uh, the Phoenix to, to go take Auckland if those rumours are to be believed. I don't know. I listen. I don't know how how serious those rumours are. Uh, we just, you know what? I don't think you're going to have to wait long to see. Uh, but interesting um, and good to get on the record from the Phoenix perspective. It's uh, we've got to get to a break. It's already twenty minutes after twenty nine minutes after nine.